my mind rebels at stagnation. Give me problems. Give me work. Give me the most abstruse cryptogram or the most intricate analysis, and I am in my own proper atmosphere. But I abhor the dull routine of existence. I crave for mental exaltation. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Hosted by Dan Mickle and brought to you by Soul Performance Academy. This is the podcast that answers your questions on mental performance training and takes a deeper dive into the world of performance psychology. You can reach us at podcast at properatmosphere.com or across all social media at 717soul. We look forward to hearing from you and now on to the show. And welcome to the Proper Atmosphere Podcast. I'm the host, Dan Mickle, and I'm glad you could join us for this very first episode. Just wanted to give a little bit background on where this podcast has come from and kind of what to expect. We do host our other podcast, The Mental Cast, which goes into in-depth learning and expertise in performance psychology, mental coaching, those types of situations, and some great interviews. But I really wanted to have a podcast that gets to the core of the situations, answers some of the questions from the people I run into, the parents, the players, the coaches, and kind of dig deeper into those situations and and those conversations and have a much shorter podcast as opposed to, you know, the hour-long interview sessions. And that's kind of where this whole thing comes from. So it'll really help me out if you as listeners send your questions in. You can reach us at podcast at properatmosphere.com or you can just hit us up across all social media at 717soul. Use the hashtag Ask717soul. Or you can also hit me up directly on social media at RealDanMickle across all platforms, including Facebook. So this very first topic that I want to talk about is game anxiety. And it really came up with a question from a parent that says, my son has terrible game anxiety and every time he gets out on the court, he kind of freezes up and doesn't perform to the level that he does in practice. What can we look at? How can we address it? And, and what steps should we should take? And I have to say that this is probably the most asked question that I get. Game anxiety seems to be a, a real concern and people are starting to recognize it more. And it's a pretty complex issue, yet it's simple in the sense of when you look at it, it just someone, you know, chokes on the court or freezes or locks up at, at key moments or literally just never plays up to the potential at all at the start of a match that has some importance, whether it's being scored or if it's an important match like a state championship or a playoff match. Really what happens with anxiety is, especially game anxiety, is our mind starts racing. And and that's from 
a lot of reasons. Probably the biggest one is we just start talking to ourselves, and, and we'll get more in a couple episodes about self-talk, but we just can't shut off the voices in our head, and our body is already in that flight or fight mode, right? Because we're in a stress situation, and our body is just putting that adrenaline and everything through it, and we just don't know how to react to it. That's really the main concept. I mean, we could obviously go a lot deeper and spend a lot of time about the actual science behind anxiety, but, but that's kind of what we're looking at here. So typically, you know, when we see a sporting event, we hear parents or coaches just yell, relax. And I mean, come on, have we ever actually relaxed when someone is yelling the word relax to us? And I think probably one of the biggest things that we need to look at is the fact that there are a lot of root causes to this. And before we can really begin to look at how we can help our athletes and nurture our athletes to better performance, we kind of need to know where this anxiety is coming from. And typically it comes from four areas. It's anxiety because we don't want to disappoint a coach. It's anxiety because we don't want to disappoint a parent or a, you know, a, a, a parent figure. It comes because we don't want to disappoint our teammates and our peers that we're playing with or that we're around. And then it can also have a cause of fear of disappointing ourselves. Now, that's not saying that these are all exclusive um, areas. It, it can drift in between multiples. But typically, there is one major contributing factor that we need to look at. So before we start to look at how we fix it, we need to ask the questions. What or who causes you the anxiety? Is it the pressure from the coach? Because then we need to figure out the plan and work the plans with the coach. Versus if it's peer pressure from home and that's causing the anxiety, then we need to you know work with our balance between sport and home life. And, you know, we just go through those processes for all four of those mains, domains and, and, and really trying to figure out what's going on there. There are some really good and key areas that we can focus on from a skill-wise, though. So besides just having the plan, and let's take, for example, that the anxiety is coming from failure, you know, afraid of disappointing our coach. So then what we want to look at is first, how can we start to address that issue? Because that's going to be a longer process. It's not like there's a quick fix, like, oh, we talked about it, all of a sudden it's going to work. Because it probably comes down to the culture, the coaching style, and, and the player's reception of that coaching style. So we have to look. Maybe they know that it's the coach's final year and they're retiring, so they have a lot of gang you know, game anxiety because they want to send the coach out on a good note. Or the coach is really tough and they don't want to get yelled at by the coach. So they have game anxiety in that situation. So we have to kind of look at what is the culture? What is the coach like? What is the gym like and the team like? And start to adjust things there. Because honestly, as a coach, there's a lot of times that you may not know that you're presenting yourself that way or the culture has turned out that way in your gym. And we kind of need to sit back and look about how we can fix that. Same with the parents, right? We, we all have seen the stories about what the car ride home from an event should be like and what questions parents should ask. But 
sometimes pressure is put on our players from our parents and the parents don't know they're doing it. So maybe we need to have that conversation. Hey, mom, dad, after a game, I just kind of need to chill. I need to have my own spot. So let's, let's give it some time. It always amazes me that in youth sports, most most levels they have, you know, the, the quiet clause where parents aren't supposed to call or talk to coaches 24 hours after a competition. But yet we don't put those constraints on those discussions between the players and their parents. The play, the parents don't say, hey, I'm going to give you an, a day and then, you know, we'll talk about it and, and see how we can help. Because I do truly believe that most parents are coming from a good place and they want to help their young athletes out. But they don't realize that just asking the question is causing anxiety. They have a bad game or they're afraid to have a bad game because they know the car ride home is going to be miserable and a parent won't let it go. So a lot of what we need to do is address those relationships. And it goes down the list. Same with the peers. Sometimes we're afraid to let our teammates down, but sometimes our teammates are just happy to know that you have their back or they have your back. Some people rise to that occasion knowing hey, Jimmy's having a bad game, so I need to step it up, or let's help Jimmy, and they have a cause and a purpose. But if we worry so much about it and kind of go in our shell and don't talk to our teammates, we kind of come off as distant or rude to our teammates, and then that breaks down the team culture as well. So really for me, step one when it comes to game time anxiety is we have to find that root cause. And it's just literally sitting and having a conversation with the athlete. And, and breaking down, hey, what's causing it to you? What's going through your mind? What's causing you to stress? What makes you that you can't shut it down? You're thinking about all the plays in the playbook while you're playing. You know, Are you overwhelmed or you want to make sure you pick the right thing? Is it perfectionism? We have to find that root cause. So that brings us to like how do we work on it and how do we fix it? And that also is a little bit complex in the sense of it's a, if it's a culture thing, we have that component that we need to work on. We need to work on either changing the culture in the gym, and that can be tough. If you're a player and the rest of the team is responding well to that culture, then it could be tough for you to try and change that culture in the gym to be selfish and match your style. And I don't mean selfish in a bad way. I just mean turning the focus on yourself. There are also little things that can be done from an individual standpoint. The first one is relaxation techniques. And anyone that knows me knows that I am a huge fan of breathing techniques. Whether it is triangle breathing or four, seven, eight cycle breathing, finding a routine and going through breathing exercises will help you. Because no matter what you want to do as your next step, whether it's emotional control or imagery or self-talk, you have to start at a calm place to begin with. And if you don't start at that calm place, it's going to be very hard for you to adjust and change those habits. So I always suggest that clients begin with some sort of breath training and breath control. And you can go to our website, you can Google anything and, and really find some really, really good resources on breathing. So maybe before that big match, you're sitting on the bench after warm-ups, the national anthem just played, you know, however you do it, just add it to your routine. Hey, I'm going to go through a couple cycles of breathing and I'm going to just get calm before I have this match. There's also long breathing scripts that can take, you know, 15, 20 minutes. It's almost like a meditation, but you're focusing on your breathing. And again, it's all about calming your body down so that you can calm the mind down and slow that anxiety down. 
Next we have progressive muscle relaxation or PMR, you might see it. And that's physically going through your body and tightening your muscles and relaxing your muscles in a systematic way to relax you. And a lot of this comes from, if we look at prey and predator in the animal kingdom, for example, let's say a fox and a rabbit. A fox is chasing a rabbit and obviously the, the rabbit goes in flight mode or fight mode and gets really rigid and tense and ready to run or fight and really, really focused on it. If you've ever watched what happens to that prey if they escape, you'll literally see them shake it off. And I believe, and I, I don't know this for certain, but I believe that's where the term actually comes from. Dogs do it as well after stressful situations. The first thing they do is they just quiver and shake the body. And that's because that's their mechanism, how to get those stressors out of their body and return to calm. They just physically shake it off. And that is sort of what the PMR does. It lets you go through your body and just really tense those muscles up and then you relax them for a little bit. And the key is really just going through that systematic method, whether you're going from the top of your body to the bottom or the bottom of your body to the top, you know, staying within that flow and that methodology is really what works. Another thing that you can do is gently shake, maybe shake your wrist, shake your feet a little bit and your body starts to sense like, okay, I'm shaking it off, I'm relaxing a little bit. Now, I'm not suggesting that in the middle of the game, you're going to shake your whole body, you know, like you're having some kind of medical episode, but, you know, non-discreetly just kind of wiggling the fingers and shaking the wrists to help calm you down. Maybe while you're saying a trigger word like, hey, calm or go calm or relax um, while you're shaking is, is really a great method for you to get through that. The other skill that I tend to use and work with to help with this anxiety is imagery or visualization, whichever word you prefer to use. And I kind of use this in two different ways. The first way is for prep. And what I love to do is work with my clients and find a happy place for them. For example, the beach. Someone likes the beach. That's their calm place. So we really focus on visualization and learning and and trying to make that scene in our mind of the beach so that they're happy and their breathing calms down and their heart rate calms down. And what happens is we trick the brain into thinking that we're there so it calms down. Now the other cool part of that and why it becomes relevant to the prep work is if you're in the middle of a match or a game and you don't have a lot of time, you don't necessarily have to go through that whole visualization process that can take you know 20 minutes, 30 minutes and, and creating that picture. If you practice it enough when you're away from the sport, when you need it in the sport, as soon as you start to think of that image or that place, for example, the beach house, your body thinks, oh, we're going to that relaxation mode and starts to calm your body down without you even taking another step. It's just, it's trying to be efficient and beat you to the punch. So it starts to relax your body. So I'll have clients that'll say, go to my beach house or go to the slopes if you know they're in the ski slopes or grandma's house, grandma house. That that's a popular one because it's warm, it smells like cookies, you know, what whatever may work for you. But that's how we do it in prep and slightly into um, in-game management. Because we can do that quick turn on of that skill. And then the last part that we use imagery and visualization for is just 
for total relaxation. And again, that's going away and going to our happy place or just calming down. Or maybe we just want to be reflective and, you know, kind of rewatch the game in our mind to really see what's going on. That way we're not guessing. We're not just filling that void with self-talk in our mind of how bad we thought it was. We're actually trying to remember what the feelings were, not just the outcomes and the processes, but what feelings were attached to it. Was I realistic when I was on the foul line that I was going to miss every shot? Or when I went back to serve, I was going to hit every ball into the net in, you know, in volleyball, perhaps. If we go back and we use the imagery and the visualization, we start to see that things weren't really as bad as we thought. And we were attaching a lot of emotion to it. And, and we can get deeper into, you know, gap training and self-talk. Those are all aspects of it. And, and they take time. How do we change that dialogue in our mind? And that's definitely another episode that we're going to have uh, in the next few weeks. But these, these four areas, the relaxation, um, the, the breathing, the PMR, progressive muscle relaxation, the imagery for prep, and the imagery for relaxation are really the key points that I think anyone can do, and it doesn't take a lot of time. It'll take a little bit to master them and get really, really good at them, but it doesn't take a lot of time or effort to start to see small results that increase over time. So that's usually the quick fix that I give when you know we get those calls in a pinch. All of a sudden, there's, there's some anxiety going on. The other one that I kind of like to separate because, again, it's a whole other topic, and we'll talk about it probably I think in the next episode is is journaling. If a player is able to write down their thoughts as closely as possible as when they happen, it's easier for them to go back and have those feelings and read those feelings to see where they were at. Were they realistic? Was my anxiety warranted? And it also gives them a chance to kind of talk it out with someone, even though it's just themselves. Them writing on the paper kind of gives them the the completion of having a conversation with someone without actually having to, you know, reveal their secrets or their true feelings to someone, a stranger or a parent or a coach. It's a really great way for them to talk out. So I would definitely also start them on some sort of journaling process. Um, I hope that really helps to answer the question of, you know, how do we work with players that have terrible anxiety? You know, that, that player that we all know, they practice well in the gym, they do everything right. But when it's clutch time or it's game time, they just don't perform up to that level. So again, the first steps are we got to find what the root cause of the situation is. And then we want to look at Is it a culture or something that we can change? Is it a relationship or how we deal with someone? And then the next step is going through some of these skills, the breathing and the PMR and continuing to work on it because it's not something that's just going to go away and it's not something that we just want to suppress and try to run from. We want to address it, take it head on. Okay, I really am performing well and my coach is grateful for it or my my teammates are good friends and they enjoy my effort. So, I don't have to worry about letting them down because they know that I'm going I might have an off day. We can have that accountability and that honesty and 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 we can grow from that. So, I don't need to have that anxiety about letting them down because they're going to help me grow and help me get through it if I'm open and honest about it. The other side is 
some anxiety is good, right? We don't want to come out and play completely flat every time. We want to have a little bit of that edge on us. So we need to find that 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 sweet spot where it's not too much anxiety and it's not too little anxiety. Enough just to kind of excite us and, and get us out there like it, it's go time and, and we got to go and, you know, let's do it. So that's the other, you know, key part of this is we don't want to suppress the anxiety completely. We just want to make it good anxiety, good stressors to give us a little bit of that edge. The other key is making sure we don't want to pressure anyone into taking these steps because that's just going to add a lot more anxiety to the person. If we're forcing them, hey, let's talk about it and we really need to work on this. We have to decide the level of commitment and how well the player is going to adapt and use the information that we're giving them. And I guess my biggest point that I kind of want to end this whole thing on is it's not a one size fits all. And I think you're going to hear that theme a lot on our podcast coming up. When it comes to mental skills and performance psychology, it's a lot of uniqueness. And just because you have multiple kids on a team that have game anxiety, it may not be all the same. It may not all be the coach. It may be some of the parents. It may be school leaking into it. It may be a relationship with a significant other. It may be a relationship with the parents. So we have to make sure that as coaches, we just don't go out there and say, okay, you know, we're playing a little, you know, reserved tonight. And I, I think everyone just has a little bit too much anxiety. So this is what we need to do. We need to start treating everyone a little bit more anxiety. Our pregame rituals. You know, sometimes the heavy metal music that people warm up to isn't what everyone wants to warm up to. So is it fair to the person that likes to have the calming music or the calming atmosphere to have to go through a warm up listening to the really heavy metal that pumps up the other people on the team? We, we need to find that balance where we can still be a team, but also support the individualism to help them with their anxiety and prepare them and get them to be the best. Because I don't think anyone goes out there and trains hard and then gets to a game and says, ah, eh, you know, I really just don't want to put forth the effort. We just have to find out what those roadblocks are and, and what we can really do to help fix those out. So again, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope it answered the question a little bit of what we can do about player anxiety uh, in a match or maybe even practice or in school. I mean, this this works for performers, whether you're a violinist or a pianist or you're in the corporate world and you have a hard time making those tough decisions or you have anxieties about sales calls. These are all things and skills that you can use across all aspects of life, not just sports. So I thank you for tuning into this episode. Please, again, make sure you reach out to us at Real Dan Mickle at 717soul across all social media. You can email us questions, podcast at properatmosphere.com. Make sure you visit the properatmosphere.com website to see all previous episodes and future episodes. And I really look forward to having these conversations every week and hopefully they'll be interactive and enlightening for everyone. Thank you. And again, this is Dan Nickel with the Proper Atmosphere Podcast. listening to this episode of The Proper Atmosphere, hosted by Dan Mickle and presented by Soul Performance Academy. Please send all your questions, comments, or inquiries to podcast at properatmosphere.com 
or reach out to us across all social media at 717soul. We look forward to answering your questions in future episodes. And remember, you can listen to The Proper Atmosphere on any popular podcast service such as Google Play, iTunes, Pandora, and Spotify. Thank you and have a great day.